Welcome to another episode of the Big Blue Report featuring Giants legends, two-time Super Bowl champion, and the former defensive captain of the New York football Giants, Jonathan Casillas, the professor, Ryan Darlington, Big Daddy D in the house, and myself, Randy Zelli from Back Sports Page. Guys, we are in camp. We are, in, we are in camp. And uh, JC, we have seen some pretty interesting things so far. Some uh, players who are stepping up to the plate and making a case for uh, some roster spots. Some guys who may not uh, make the roster trying to make their case. It's been very interesting so far. So, JC, I ask you, your takeaways for the first week of camp. Well, for the last couple days of camp, for sure, I think Jalen Hyatt has been the guy Mm -hmm. that's been highlighted a lot because – he is fast, and we knew that. <laughs> we all knew that. But we didn't know how we didn't does know it... he was twenty four miles an hour fast? Right, <laughs> that that point when they said Cheetah was the fastest person back in two thousand and sixteen with twenty three miles per hour. So I'm like, hold on, time out. I know they don't have pads on, but it can't be that much slow you down that much. And I'm just like, is he really running that fast? And it looks like it, guys. I was at practice today. He caught two bombs over the middle, over the top. Like, just one, he was just out running the corner. Daniel Jones threw perfect, a perfect ball. He had to fully stretch out his hands, fingertips type of catch. It was beautiful. Randy, am I right? It was, it was gorgeous. It was, it was great. Yeah. It, it was it was amazing. Like, for real, for real. Then another one was a contested throw with, I think, McKinney on him. And then another corner. I don't know if it was a Dory uh, Holmes. or Banks. Darnay, wasn't it? He caught it. Darnay. Yep, yeah. you're right. It was Darnay because I think he did it from the yeah. inside. Yeah, and that was a, an amazing catch. Um, But, look, I love that all the guys are there, right? Sterling is activated. He's getting reps. Of course, Saquon is there. That was a huge question. Literally right before training camp, Daniel Jones looks magnificent. Uh, a lot of younger guys are stepping up. Banks is getting a lot of first-team reps. And, you know, he's holding his own. It's it's hard for those guys out there corner, right? Hawkins is getting some first-team reps. You know, He's, he's a, having a great sixth camp. Sixth-round draft pick this yeah. year. Um, yeah, man. So I'm just happy that football is here. I'm excited. I'm excited that the Giants got these things rolling, man. And it's uh, it's good to be around that practice as a as a Giants legend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I, I was watching JC from the opposite sideline when and when uh, I caught that ball, I saw him jump in the air. I saw you jump in the air. I saw everybody jump in the air. <laughs> yeah, I was, he was doing some amazing things, man. Yeah. And Look, I like I've been listening to interviews lately, man, and and I love the way he sounds. He sounds very mature. I hear other people talking about him, how he's kind of a student of the game. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins, one guy that talked about him, and Cole Beasley's name came up several times in terms of his, uh, you know, his awareness and I guess intelligence, football intelligence level uh when it comes to that wide receiver room and how much he's instructing guys and helping kind of tutor guys and bring them along the way uh which which says a lot for him and you know that's a that's when you talk about younger guys taking the next step that's the next step getting an older guy that can actually help them yep. and be like bro don't do it like that do it like this mm-hmm. you know coaches can only do so much you got to coach you know i mean how many receivers in the room now 14 receivers yeah. something like that and all of those guys are a lot of those guys have 
NFL experience. You know, uh, eight or nine of those guys have NFL experience. Cole Beasley, Jamison Crowder, Sterling, Wandale, even though he's not active right now, he's a guy that played a significant amount last year before getting hurt. I'm excited about this team. I think the wide receiver room is revamped. I think a guy that's going to surprise some people this year, and it's going to be Jalen High. I think that speed, uh, if it can translate over when they put them pads on, I think the Giants are going to be able to do a lot of things because of the speed of Jalen Hyde on the outside. And just to verify the number, it is 13 wide receivers. 13 wide receivers, <laughs> three quarterbacks, six running yeah. backs, and four tight ends right four now. Tight ends, yeah. Four, four sure. tight ends right in right now. So I got to tell you, my, my impressions of camp so far have been Daniel has looked very sharp. I think he has looked amazing. Actually, Daniel has looked very consistent, very confident. And I think that's the word that you have to really look at when you think of Daniel Jones right now. He's been very confident. Uh, Saquon has been Saquon. He has really just put, put the hard helmet on, going to work and just doing his thing. Bellinger has looked very, very good. And the general feeling on Waller is he is a freak of nature. I called Ryan the other day. And I was like, Waller is a freak of nature. That's really much <laughs> what, I, what I got out of him. I'm looking at him and some of the catches that he has made so far. One of the guys who I was expecting a little bit more from, he's had some nice catches. He had a great catch on, it was on Sunday or Monday, was Paris Campbell. Uh, Paris Campbell has not lit it up during camp, but he's been very, very consistent. And I think that's one of the things that the Giants are going to be looking out of some of these receivers that they brought in over the offseason is consistency. And, you know, Darius Slayton last year, he had one or two big catches per game, but sometimes after that he would disappear. He, there was no consistency of what he was doing. They need consistency from their wide receivers. You know, people said, well, Daniel Jones just got paid a lot of money for only 15 touchdown passes. He'll have more if there's consistency from his receivers. Right off the bat, you know that this receiving room, well, first of all, it looks nothing like the receiving room did last year at this time. Secondly, the receiving room now looks nothing like it did six months ago, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we've got so many more weapons. Um, and it, it, it just, it seems to me in a situation where you've got a quarterback that's more comfortable, he's more set, he knows that this is his team, he's not worrying about anything, he's not playing for a contract all he needs to do is settle down and do his job uh, in, for the second year in the same system. And he's got much, much better talent around him. It, it cannot, I mean, I'm going to knock on wood as I say it because the universe likes to screw me when I do things like this. But it, seem, it seems to be the situation that it has to get better, right? It just, it has to be better numbers. Uh, and, and the one thing that I was going to say, you, you were mentioning Paris Campbell wanting to see better things out of him. And it, it struck me because, you know, we, we're seeing so many amazing things that we haven't seen in the past out of this Giants team this year in terms of uh, Hyatt's speed, in terms of um, Waller being this genetic mutant, right? I mean, uh, in terms of these great, great things. And, it, and it's funny because it slides the scale, right? Paris Campbell's having a pretty good camp. Right. He's been consistent. He's producing. They've got him working in uh, lots of different packages, looking to maybe use him like a Debo Samuel kind of character, running the ball uh, out of the backfield, doing, you know, whatever he's going to be doing. Um, but he's having a, a pretty decent time. And they're saying, OK, well, this guy can actually be coming along here pretty well. But you almost lose him because you see so many amazing other right. things like these things that are just so like 
out of the realm of possibility that we just haven't seen in years in Giants camp. I mean, can you can you look back on the previous 10 or 15 years even and say that we are as stacked as we are now in terms of who our quarterback is and to, in terms of who our running back is, in terms of who's in our receivers room, in terms of who's in our tight ends room. I mean, they, the, the coaching staff is in a very going to be in a very difficult position when they have to cut down to 53 because they're going to have to let loose a number of really high quality players. Yeah, but yeah. that's what you yeah, want. Yeah, of course. You know, it's, a bad, it's a bad thing, but it's a good problem to have. You know what right. I mean? Right. It, it's yeah. a great it's a great problem to have. You know, and the these guys, like there's gonna be some really good receivers that get cut and don't make yeah. this team. Yep. You know, and and I think that room specifically is gonna be some maybe some heartfelt guys that might not be here, you know, come September when when the Giants kick off against Dallas. Um, I don't want to speculate. It, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, I just like the attitude, man. I love the culture yeah. that the Giants established this year. And you're seeing that full hand in training camp. Guys are fired up, running around, communicating, talking to each other. Coaches are fired up. You know, it's a, it's a different feel here, you know. I played for the Giants for three years, been in the league for nine years. And I can tell when, you know, when a team has something special and I can see that, I can sense it, I can feel it in the building, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying the Giants are going to go ahead and win two playoff games next year, because let's not get mistaken. Yeah. Last year was a huge year for the New York Giants. It was a successful year. Yes, of course, they didn't win a Super Bowl. So in terms of that, no, they didn't win a Super Bowl. But besides that, they improved as a team. They established culture. Both of their coordinators stayed. And that's boding very well for guys in their second years to help other guys come along, including the coaches. Coaches, mm -hmm. last year you asked coach questions, a lot of coaches that just got into the system questions, they probably said, uh, let me let me get back to you with that one, right? Because they're not even familiar. Now the coaches are a lot more familiar. Players are a lot more familiar. They can hope, help bring other guys along yeah. because I think a lot of these younger rookies are going to play, a lot of these draft picks. And, and you I saw... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ray. No, I was about to say, and that was something that David Sills had mentioned to me on Sunday was you now have guys coming back to a system that they were in last year. It's a lot, not as much learning as it is now tweaking with, cer with certain individuals in certain situations. And I think that's the most important thing for Daniel and a lot of the guys on the offense. They're able to fill in guys, not mm -hmm. learn for the first time. And I think that's such a key thing. And look, Wink and, and Kafka have done an amazing job. They were able to get guys last season to, to for some of them to play above their talent level, which is not hard to do. Well, I'm sorry, which is very hard to do. Now they're bringing guys back in who were six, had success last season and now that are coming in who are talented in certain positions. Like that wide receiver room, you went from not like you were – bringing people in off the street last year they 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 invited ryan yeah. last year yeah uh, i had uh, a hammy thing i couldn't, go uh, he, couldn't make it no I no he no he was having a ham sandwich he couldn't make sandwich. it yeah no, <laughs> I, I got, I he got was having, yeah he yeah. yeah. had a ham sandwich i couldn't make it so mm -hmm. like you know now that it's like you said it's a great problem to have you can put some guys down but guys like david sills who always has good camps says to me, I hope I can make special teams. Yeah, right. That you know, so that's where now you have guys who are sitting there looking at it going, well, I know I may not be better than that guy and they're gonna like this guy a little bit more because of contract numbers. I hope I can make it here. Mm -hmm. As like like we all just said, it's a nice problem to have. Yeah. But also those guys who were in the offense from last year 
have a little bit of an advantage because sure. they are more familiar. Like I said, Tyrod and Sills have hooked up for one, at least one end zone catch every day that they've done seven on seven so far. Yep. Yep. And it's an interesting thing to think about. If you look at the flip side of that as well, I was reading an article where Wink had said, you know, honestly, a lot of times what people will think, and I'm paraphrasing here, and you didn't quote this part, but uh, a lot lot of times uh, people will think about it's great for the player to be in the system for the second year, because like you said before, all you got to do, you don't have to relearn the whole thing. You just have to tweak it here and there. But if you think about it from the coach's perspective, it's also another year of them knowing the players, right? Having more familiarity with who is in their system, what their strengths are, what they can be asked to do, what they can't be asked to do. You know, they have an additional perspective on who their players are. It's not just the players knowing the system as well. And that can reap incredible benefits. And and I'll tell you the one guy I'm sort of worried about, and Mm -hmm. JC alluded it before, I'm really worried about Sterling Shepard. I'm really worried about Sterling Shepard. And, and, and this is me watching the last couple of days. He's not going to play special teams. Shep is not going to play special teams. And if he's not going to be the top, you know, if there's more than three to four guys who are outplaying what he can do right now, I, I don't know if there's a spot for him on this roster. I think, I think he has a future of being a, a, a great wide receivers coach. I think he has a lot to give to this team eventually, but like last year, he, or he got that contract this year because of his loyalty to the team last year, being a great teammate to his guys, staying with the team, even after before and after surgery, he was right there with his team last year. But don't I you don't think that'll be valuable this year as well. I mean, for I, the, for the cap I, hit that it's taking, I mean, yes, he takes up a spot, but it's not like he's not going to play. I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell you why, because are you going to take away a guy who might be able to help you to keep well, somebody so, on. But that's an assumption that Sterling Sharp can't, or Sterling Shepard can't help you. Right? I, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm, so- <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but like I'm saying, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, if you have a guy who's a little bit, who can do more for you on the field mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you might need in a moment because of injury and something that Shep wouldn't be able to do. Yeah. Are you, are you going to, you know, are you going to keep Shep and, and get rid of, that younger talent who might be able to help you so, in, in, the, in the, in that situation. Like I'm, and, I'm, I'm, I'm I love is, Shep. I'm lo- I love Shep. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, this has, but it has nothing to do with, with personally liking him. I'm looking at the business and, and saying, I'm looking at the product on the field on what he was able to do and what he can't do. Yeah. And he's behind the eight ball, you know, he's behind the curve because he, first of all, he's coming off an injury, you know, a pretty significant injury. And he's a little bit older. He's been in the league for a while now. And, like, he's on a pitch count, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and he has to be on a pitch count for his health, not for the contributions for the team. Yeah. His health is the number one priority for himself. He's not truly worried about making a team. He's worried about staying healthy. Yeah. Like, for real. You know, he just had some BS happen last year, and he felt like he rushed back a little bit. So his priorities are not to make the team. His priorities, can I stay healthy? Mm-hmm. And if maybe if he don't make this roster, he has another chance to make another roster. But, man, I, I listened to his interview. I don't know what day it was, and they was talking to him. He was just so happy to be out there. And then they were asking him, like, you know, I, I don't know if it was a Art. I think it was Art Stapleton, I think. Yep. He asked him a question, something along the lines of, you know, like you're fighting for a roster spot. And you could kind of see, like, 
and he's probably never heard that before. Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah. like, and, and then he was looking like, like, like it is what it is. He had a great attitude about it, about it. He said, I can't stuff that's out of my control. I can't worry about it. I'm just worried about playing. So I'm not really worried about Shep. I think his mind is in a good place, you know, because that's the thing you worry about guys that have injuries kind of later in their career. They're on the fence about their contract situations. What's what's their mental state like? I love what I'm hearing from Shep. And I think if he does make the team, of course, he's going to be a valuable contributor on offense and even stronger presence in the locker room. And if he doesn't, maybe he can land somewhere else. And if not, I think he's made a decent amount of money. I know he's happy with his family, you know, and his kids. He's got a, got his girl or whatever. I think he's fine. You yeah. know, and I'll feel yeah. bad. I will, sure. but he's good. And I because yeah. I, I watched him, I talked to him, you know, and, and I think he's in a good place. And if he can come back and play, I mean, come on now, who doesn't want Sterling Shepard making plays for the New York Giants, right? For sure. Oh, for yeah. Sure. If you think about if you think about it, he he made a big play to help set the tone for the season last year yeah. against Tennessee. You know what I mean? He he caught that bomb in the uh, end of the first half. Yeah. He's a contributor, right? Yeah. He's a contributor on and off the field, and so it would be it would be a damn shame if it were uh, if it went in a different direction. But JC, to your point, right? It seems like uh, we would understand if that was the case. What do you think they're going to carry? Are they going to carry seven into the into the fifty three? That's a real tough question. I think the number might be six. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking at the guys on special teams. Uh, when I'm looking at excuse me the receivers that will play special teams, I mean, who's going to play? So Shep's not going to play special teams. Right. As of right now, it don't look like Jalen Hyatt's going to play special teams, mm. right? Does Slayton play special teams? No. Mm-mm. Actually, Maybe no. He Crowder. does. He, no, he does practice with special teams. He does I mean, practice with special he, teams. I was, he's, he does. We we come out there in the morning sometimes. They're, they're practicing special teams. He's catching. He's catching the backfield. Isaiah Hodgins. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not doing special teams. Nope. So Cole Beasley. Nope. He, well, he probably would, wouldn't he? No, Crowder. Crowder. If he hasn't done it to this point in his career, absolutely not. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Crowder was out there catching a couple. Crowder would definitely return some kicks for sure. But you got four guys that I think have a great chance on making the roster on only being a receiver. And like, who are the guys that's in that bubble? Fifth, sixth receiver, maybe yeah. even seventh receiver that can play special teams that almost kind of guarantees them a, a special team spot. That's who we got to figure out. And I don't really know who those guys are. Yeah. Well, look, who are those? So you mentioned those four receivers. You have, you got Pimpleton in there. I got, yeah. Right I, 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 I got a roster right in front of me also. Yeah. You got um, Pimpleton. We're not going to count Wandell, right? Because Wandell is Wandell's, on Pup, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got Colin Johnson, Jeff Smith, yeah, Sills, Jaden Mickens, David Sills, good lord, <laughs> Bryce Ford, Wheaton, yeah, and I feel like I'm missing like three guys. Okay, oh, Paris Campbell, right? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you didn't even mention Paris Campbell before. Yeah, he's not gonna play special teams either. Yeah, man, <laughs> that's a deep room, bro. That's a deep room, man. And and if like you're... Bryce Ford, Wheaton, he's not the guy to play special teams. He's too big. No. Yeah, right. I mean, Pip could do it, but I don't think he's got the receiving chops. Right. No. I mean, right. He dropped. He dropped two. I saw him drop two. One on Monday and one this morning. Yeah. Jeff so, Smith can. Jeff yeah. Smith. Oh, Jeff that's Smith's why they brought him in, right? I mean, Jeff yep. Smith. Right. Jeff Smith's a guy that you can look for to possibly sneak onto this roster because he can play special teams. 
I don't know Jaden Mickens like that, but I seen him today, and he looks like he can play special teams. He looks mm. like a little running back. Mm. Sills is a guy again who Sills always has good training camps, you know. And like last year after the Cowboys game, I think he fell out of favor with everybody. He he, he recovered from his injury, and then I think halfway through the uh, second part of the season, they ended up putting him onto the practice squad and put somebody else up there. So yeah, it was a precipitous decline. I was wondering about that. You know, like all of a sudden he's just not there anymore. You know. Yeah, it was it was very very interesting to see how that whole situation is going to pan out. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I think that we're going so, to, I think we're going to, we're going to learn a lot over the next week. I yeah, will tell you that sure. much. Right, right now, who's your six? I mean, we've got Campbell. I right? think number one. Let's 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 get the let's get the guarantee guy. Yeah, at least right. that we feel strongly about. I yep. think Isaiah Hodge has got to be number one. Right. Okay. Over Slayton. All right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because Slayton right. wasn't even active week one last year. Hmm. Right, okay. I think he's number one. I think number two is Jalen Hyatt. Yep. Okay. I'll, and I think eventually I think, he will be number one. I think eventually he po- will be possibly he possibly could be number one. Now you got to say who's next is Paris mm-hmm. Campbell next? Is Slayton next? Who's the guy that's truly next? In well, terms, they're almost of interchangeable. They're within guaranteed. the six, right? They're within the six because they're not they're not seven, eight, nine receivers, right? Right. So they're so in that. Let's top go Slayton six. Campbell. Okay. Those are the, the four, right? Mm-hmm. Now you have, whew, man, this is where it gets sticky, right? <laughs> so you got Colin Johnson, yeah, Jeff Smith, yeah. Sterling, Jamison yeah. Crowder, uh-huh. Cole Beasley, Jaden uh-huh. Mickens, David Seals. <laughs> and let's take Seals out. Let's take Mickens out, right? Okay. Now this is now it gets tougher. You take them two yeah. out, it gets tougher. Because you got Cole Beasley, Crowder, Jeff Smith, Colin Johnson, who is a huge human being. Yes. And Sterling. Mm -hmm. So out of those guys, do you take Sterling over Cole Beasley? Again, it's a good problem to have. (laughs) It's a good problem to have. But look, that's that fifth, sixth receiver I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's the fifth and the sixth receiver that I was talking about that – now, does the value come in Jeff Smith? Maybe not fifth, but maybe that sixth guy because he adds mm-hmm. value on special teams. Mm-hmm. And then also Jamison Crowder. Mm-hmm. This is where that fifth, sixth, that's, this is where it gets really, really yeah. tough. You know, this and, is where, and, uh, the, and, the, and the thing is, besides, I think, Hyatt and uh, Isaiah Hodgins, the other two guys, I don't, you know, those are not guaranteed either. Yeah, that's true. It's a pretty good probability, though. I mean, you bring a guy in like Paris Campbell, you give him a three-year deal, right? He's probably got a play. So he's probably right? three. He's probably yeah. three. Slayton's up there. He didn't get that much bread. He didn't get much bread, but he was one of the leading receivers last year. He last was one year. of the guys that came through for us, right? Right, but the, the year before. No, sure, but we're not talking the year before, right? We're talking we're what have you done for me? Either. We're talking <laughs> what have you done for me lately, Eddie, right? And I so, got you. So it's all about training camp, though, right? Yeah, it's all about right. what they can do in training camp. And, okay, let's just say I got – I'm going to go with my guy Sterling. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get him as number five. Over Beasley? Over Beasley. This is a straight biased. Mm-hmm. Straight biased. Straight biased because, like, first of all, I was talking crap to Beasley already. I looked at him. I, said, <laughs> I don't like that. He's like, like what? You in that uniform. He's like, oh. <laughs> like, man, I can't. I can't <laughs> see it. Like it just ah, ah. You just see that star every time we see every it. Every time. Ah. Um, 
that I see, like I want to say Cole Beasley, but it's like I can't give it to him over no. Sterling. No. And 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 not even almost over Smith. I mean, if I'm copping if, out then. Yeah. I'm copping out. I'm gonna cop out, Ryan. I'm I'm gonna go seven receivers. I'm sorry. I'll yeah. go seven. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna throw Cole in there. And then okay. I'm gonna throw Jeff Smith, that special teams guy. I think he beats out Jameson Crowder. Yeah, yeah. Next, next question I have for you guys from That's a running seven. from from a running back position. Does does a guy like Gary Brightwell team possibly because of that special teams uh, presence that he has? Okay, possibly he possibly has a chance to make the team over some other guys that may not be as versed as he is on special teams. He has a lot of special experience mm -hmm. and he's willing and he's capable and he's able to do all four core yep. uh, special teams but and it could yeah. be yeah and it could yep. be a serviceable you know, third running back you, yep. you can you can put him in a pistol you can put him in a, a number of different formations and he can he can produce well because if you look at what's going on in that position room obviously you have saquon who's taking yep. a majority of the snaps you have matt, matt Prita. yeah you have brightwell you have gray mm-hmm and I believe there's two more on here. I'm just, I'm just James looking. Robinson and Deshaun and, Corbin. And, and there you go. Corbin yeah. was here last year, and James Robinson. You know, he's been in the league, right? He's been. Yeah. He's been. Yeah. He was. He was over with uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville. And, mm -hmm. and, yep. So that's so, an interesting one, though. I mean, because he was a he was a thousand yard back not too long ago, right? I mean, yeah. So it'll be very interesting. This is why it's so funny because I think preseason is so devalued. Right. Uh, ah, it's just preseason. Ah, nobody cares about preseason. Ah, no. Like, well, you're gonna you're gonna get snaps for guys, but at sure. the same time, you know, it's like who they're playing those snaps against. Sometimes you just sort of like, eh. But but that's man. the whole point. I mean, you got to put them up against some kind of competition and to see how they produce in the game. Right. How there are so many guys whose whose seasons are determined by how they produce in the preseason. Right? I want. I got to tell you a moment. Um, I believe it was the 2017 preseason. I forgot who the Giants were playing, but I went to a particular person who was on this uh, podcast with us over over here <laughs> during during a media session after the game, and he said, "No, he's like we're, we're preparing for the season," and he said, "I'm not happy with the amount of points that we let up, though." And I and I remember season I did that. Yeah, yeah you did. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You said I wasn't happy with the amount of points that we let up, but I thought we did some really good things out there as a defense. But there's something to what you said, though, because if you're a good defense from top to bottom and you want that depth, it doesn't matter who's on the on the field. You want to make sure there's consistency across the board. So right now, that's what the Giants are really going to be looking for is. If you have a situation where you have to pull somebody and you have to put some uh, do the injury or whatever, you're not going to lose anything. And that's what got them two Super Bowl championships against the Patriots. You yeah. had depth depth in that offensive line. You had depth sure. on that defense. Well, that's what it's, scared the crap out of us about the Eagles last year. It's depth on depth on depth, right? So yeah, one, one underlining story that sort of came out today. I don't know, JC, if you noticed or not. Uh, but Mark uh, Lewinsky has not been taking snaps with the first team. He's been on the second team for, for a little while. Uh, that, that was a little bit of a topic of conversation on the media sideline on how on how much, A, he's getting paid and, and uh, his stature. Was it Zudu? Who was that? Who was that there? Zudu? Yeah. So, yeah, Zudu. Yeah. Zayden took Bredesen's spot on the left guard, and uh, Bredesen was filling in for Glowinski on the right guard. Right? Exactly. That's what happened. That's what happened on Monday, and it happened again today. So I think 
I think they, as a, I mean, you know, the coaching staff loves to be able to say that there are players that have experience at all in all positions, right? They're, they're cross training everybody. And it is relatively early in the preseason, right? We're a week into padded practices. Um, so it may, I'm going to caution. I'm going to one day, one day, one day, so let's be, you know, well, let's not make too much of a story about it until, until, and unless we start seeing Lewinsky not get snaps at the beginning of a preseason game or where he plays, uh, you know, as, uh, as we get into games two and three, um, I hate that there's not a fourth game in preseason, but that's, that's yeah. the fan. That's not the player. I'm yeah. sure the- and, and I would even say. We we won't really know till week one, yeah. you know, because if he goes out there and starts these first couple games, and he doesn't play well, that was they're doing it to see. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're putting him there to see what they have, and if he doesn't do well, Glowinski be right in there in the first team again. Yep. You know, if, if Bredesen doesn't play well, you know, I I, th- I, think, I think yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, just listening to uh, all year, Dayball said last year, throughout the season, people always are speculating on who's up. Who's playing? Who's gonna do this? Who's gonna do that? Dayball always fell back to what they what the guys did in practice. He mm-hmm. want people to prove it. Yep. Nobody has a spot secured on this team, and 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 I'm talking about you take away the the guys that they just paid, right? I think that's it. Yeah, I think the guys that the Giants paid this year: Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Andrew Thomas, and who else did they pay? Dexter Lawrence. Sexy Dexy. That's it. That is it. No one else is guaranteed to play football for the New York Giants this year. Those are the only ones that has their positions locked up. That's it. There's no one else on the entire (laughs) roster. Oh, Darren Waller. They just paid him too. They just paid him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not an Allen Iverson situation, right? We're talking about know. practice, man. Talking about, they they understand practice. that practice is what you do in practice. You will do in a game. Yep. But then also you're evaluated by this yeah. this coaching staff. You're evaluated very heavily in practice, and we saw that week to week last year, and the guys that actually played last year, mm-hmm. and then this year I think it's going to be the same thing. So yeah. I'm not taking in too much of the actual preseason games but these practices next week against Detroit are going to be huge yeah I know they're going to really be paying attention to those practices I think the practices are going to show them more than the game yep that could be mm-hmm. you guys listen to the big blue report here through backsportspage.com Jonathan Casillas Ryan Darlington myself Randy Zelia uh, preparing you guys for the 2023 New York Giants football season guys are you ready for my trivia question for this oh, week oh can we it. say no? Okay. All right. Then we'll, we'll, we'll do something else. All right. We're good. Uh, hey, bring it. I can't say no. Bring it. Okay. So in 2017, we knew the three the three quarterbacks were Eli Manning, Geno Smith, and Davis Webb. The following season, who were the three quarterbacks for the New York Football Giants? Let's see. It would have been after Webb got cut. Webb so. got cut, right? Uh, was it? It was that Lorenzen was before Webb, right? Was it yes. the hefty lefty? It wasn't the Pillsbury throw boy. No, uh, no. okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. I'm thinking if Daniel uh, Jones was drafted, he wasn't drafted. No, he was not in 17. Yeah, no, 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 not, not 18. You mean 
So the question is, who's behind Eli? In Who 18? is in eighteen? In eighteen, great question. Jeez, I don't think I know the answer to this question. What's it? Uh, here? Oh, well, it wasn't him. Glennon was after. Yeah, Glennon didn't come yet. Man, Randy, this was supposed to be an easier one. Uh, let's see. Damn. It was so. What would have been Eli's? When Eli's last Peyton season, Manning. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get. How about this? I'll give you one of them. Yeah, Alex Tanny. Holy oh, shit! If if you need to get Alex Tanny, the third one's gonna be even harder. So. Yeah, I no, nope, I, I wouldn't have pulled Alex. Okay. Nope. Okay, yeah, you got That's me, bro. A, all right, so you had Eli Manning, Alex Tanny, and Kyle Laletta. Laletta. Oh gosh. <laughs> like I don't remember him at all. I remember the name, but like I don't even know what he looks like. I gotta tell you, he spent more time in the police station than he did on the field because <laughs> oh, he got in trouble. He got in trouble for speeding on his way to practice and they nice. it caused an accident. And so but yeah, that was a oh, topic Lord. of conversation earlier today. Uh -huh. And I was like, that's a great trivia question. That for is sure. a great trivia question. For I had sure. no idea, bro. Right, yeah. So uh, guys, we have uh, uh before we do uh story time with JC uh for a camp story, we have our, our new segment we're gonna be doing called the extra point. So the extra point is what we do is we give our our take on something going on with the New York football giants in that moment. So we're gonna start with Mr. Darlington. Let's yeah, go with, your, go with your extra point. Go for it, my friend. So my extra point is just I I think um one of the things that really struck me is a is an article that i read that uh cole beasley was giving a um an interview about uh you know what is it that brought him back to the game of football right i mean he was uh he was on dallas for the longest time and then he was with the bills for a long time and then he kind of retired but he came back to tampa bay it wasn't what he thought it was going to be so he kind of unretired to come back uh, for the New York football giants and people were saying, you know, why, what is it about? I mean, I know that there's this connection to Dable and I know that there's this connection with the bills. Um, and so it's a systems thing. Sure. But what else is it? He goes, you know, it's because he makes football fun. He, he makes me love this game. He makes me feel like I'm out here having a great time, just working my ass off, having a great time playing ball with, with all of these guys out here. Uh, and I think that really cemented for me, the mentality uh, that not only does Dabs bring that to the team, but it does bleed out into everybody else in the receiver room on the, in the offensive side of the ball. Um, and it just, it's, it, it made me feel really good about the direction of the team, about the direction of the coaching players, coaches, but knowing how to do that in a way that motivates people to succeed and do maybe better than people thought that they would be able to do. Uh, so Brian Dable making football fun again, uh, for for a guy like Cole Beasley, who's what, 34 years old, right, um, and and wanting to be back in the league uh, for for one last go, it struck me as amazing, and so I think that's my extra point for this time. And great take, man. JC, yeah. okay, great take. And I, I think I'm gonna stick similar to what you're talking about, and I'll stick with Dayball. I'll stick mm. with him and the culture that he established last year. You can smell it, you can breathe it, you can feel it this year, and I think that is. The new, the new culture for the New York football giants, it has been established. It is here. And like I said before on this show, culture hasn't been here since Tom Coughlin. It's been a long time since that has been here. 
yes, we've had great players that wore this, this, you know, this logo for the New York Giants. We've had great coaches, you know, but we've never had it all together, right? We had a great running back, Saquon. Daniel Jones had a pretty good rookie year. Yeah, he did. Then we have, you know, waves of, I think this is the new New York football Giants football team. I think the culture has been established. They're finding really good, high-character, talented players to come play for this team. They're developing players. They're they're relying on practice to show them who is actually worthy of playing. I think the Eagles are checked. I think the one problem that they had, they fixed it. They had a problem with the running back. They had to figure out how to sign this guy without pissing him off, without making sure his feelings don't get hurt, and they figured it out. That was almost, they did like almost the impossible. So for me, I have the utmost faith that this product that they put out there is going to be a great product. I can't guarantee it's going to be better than last year because they actually had a really good good year last year. And if other teams from other uh, other other divisions, i.e. the AFC East, if they're really strong this year, you know what I'm saying? And the NFC West as well, San Fran, Seattle, the Rams. Like, if those teams are really strong, the Giants may not have a better record with a better team. Yep. Right. right? But this is a better team. It's a better culture. It's yep. established. And it's here. And you can feel it. Randy, I know you can feel it when you're in the building. You can feel it at practices. They're, they got dynamic players on offense. They got a lot of versatility on defense. They got dominant players. In certain positions, Dexter Lawrence, Saquon Barkley, you got guys that's going to go out there and make plays on the on the football, on both offense and defense. I'm just trying to figure out who are going to be those core guys for special teams. Yeah. You know, Carter Coughlin's and uh, uh, um, Zimenez. Like, who's going to be those guys that, yes, Saquon is taking a rest and Dexter Lawrence is taking a rest. Who's going to be out there making plays when those guys are sitting down? Yeah, That's the question that I have. Who is the guys that's going to really anchor this special teams unit and take the Giants to the next level. That's good stuff. My extra point is something that's sort of similar to what you guys are saying, but a little bit different too. We talk about the Giants family and of course, you know, the the great saying once a giant, always a giant. And they've been wearing shirts. They say we, and over me. Greater than. Yeah. We over me. And, as we were leaving today, one of the things that I saw, which was very telling, was you saw uh, some of the guys from the special teams, including Gano, with their kids. And the, th- the, the three of the guys from the special teams were all hanging out and all had their kids together. The Giants organization is a family. And this, between its fan base, the players, the alumni, and everyone around it knows how tight the organization is through the good years and the bad years. And that's one of the things that sort of stuck with me watching the guys from special teams have their kids running around with each other, all playing, wearing wearing their their dad's jerseys and everything of that sort. Watching that uh, today made you feel like you were part of something special, even just covering the team. So that's my extra point today. That's something that I saw. And we can't leave uh, this week's show without a training camp story time with JC. JC, what do you got for us? You got to got something for us today. Let me see. Um, yeah, training camp was always fun especially early on in my career. You're lying. For the New Orleans Saints. That's definitely, that was definitely sarcasm there. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. Training camp was not fun, especially 
in the midst of two days in New Orleans yeah. when it was 90% humidity yeah. and 98 degrees outside. Like, <laughs> that's death, right? <laughs> but I used to do this every now and again. Um, days I used to wake up, like I didn't have a car, you know, and I was in a hotel. I didn't even have my driver's license. And wow. I'm just, I'm in the hotel and I'm waiting for guys for rides, you know, and I used to just ride with all the younger guys, you know, like the the rookie second year guys, the guys that I kind of seen around a little bit, you know, like I wasn't, I was about to go ask Reggie Bush for a ride. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, but one day I remember getting into Robert Meacham's car nice, and, uh, and Darren Sproles. It was like within the spin, not Darren Sproles. It was somebody else's car. It wasn't Darren Sproles, my fault. It was Meacham's car and somebody else, but definitely Meacham was the first time I was ever in a S class Mercedes Benz. There you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I'm in the car, and from the hotel to the Saints practice facility, it was a straight shot down airline road. If you make all the lights, you get there in about eight minutes. You hit the lights, 15 minutes, you know, if you're driving slow. So we're driving down, and we made a couple turns. And I'm like, we're making turns? What are you making turns for? This is a straight shot. He knew, like, some back way that didn't have traffic in the lights, right? So as we're turning, I'm, like, in the car, like, like I'm feeling something, right? Uh-oh. And I'm like, what is going on? And if anybody knows a S-Class Mercedes, they have the multi-contoured seats, which like put you in your seat. It like pushes against the way that the guy's turning. So like so I was in the car. Seat. Yeah, I was in the car tripping. Like <laughs> I said, I said, bro, is your seats like, are they moving, bro? <laughs> like I was like tripping out. I was like tripping out. But that was like the first time, like I was like, like my mind was blown because of, you know, one of my teammates, they could afford really nice things. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was like the true first time yeah. that I that I like was like, like now this is a whole nother world, right? Like this is luxurious things, right? But the 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 I really wanted to talk about the Greg, my Greg Williams story. I just felt like that was one of my like wow moments, you know, like something as little as oh, and they end up buying a Mercedes, probably right. because of that. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got your own um, S class. <laughs> so, one of the early practices, uh, I was with um, the the defense. We we're running uh, some type of uh, zone blitz with a matchup coverage. Hopefully, I didn't tell the story already. Did I tell the story about Greg Williams? Was he running down the side of the field, running down the, the sidelines, running at, at you, cursing at you? Did he curse at me? <laughs> yeah. I told that one already? You might yes, have, yeah, okay, I, I can't I can't tell that one then. <laughs> I can't tell that one. Okay, I got a I got a good I got a good story. I got a good story. Right. Okay. I got a whole bunch of stories. I just yeah. you know sometimes I tell them. So <laughs> do you guys remember the name Dan Morgan? No. So Dan Morgan was a middle linebacker for the Carolina Panthers when they went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He was playing at the University of Miami right before like Vilma and DJ Williams took over, like in between Ray Lewis and Vilma. Mm-hmm. Dan Morgan was a stud, right? I'm going in. This is my rookie year. Our linebacker room is filled with like Vilma's there, Joe Lon Dunbar's there. Uh, uh, Mark Simino's there, Oof. Scott Fajita, Scott Shanley. We had like 12 Stats. people in the room. 12 people in the room. It was it was insane. We had went through our first practice, right? And Dan Morgan, he's wearing a black visor. He's like 250 pounds. Like he's like uh the guy from the program. Remember the guy yeah, from the program? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, strong, yeah. Just like hit anything, like type of guy. 
Yo, he was doing individual drills, and he like I don't know, caught his leg or something happened, and he like limp. Line, felt dis he disappeared. Disappeared. We were calling him and everything. Dude. He didn't answer nobody's phone for like a month. Oh. I swear, <laughs> he just disappeared. Of course, he like quit and retired. Yeah, right. but like he just left, bro. That's it. We never it. seen him again. Wow. Like, left in the middle of practice. He was in the locker room. We got home. Coaches calling him. Vilma, you know, he was a Miami guy. He's blowing his phone up. I had to put a milk carton with his face <laughs> on it. <laughs> Did you, can you, what is, what is it? Anybody seen this? Anybody yeah. seen me or something like that? I had to do a milk carton for him. But like, I've never seen anything like that happen after yeah. that. Uh -uh. And that was like, I was just like, like, bro, he, he just like Gone. left. He quit. Like nobody. The crazy thing is no one heard from him at all. No coaches, wow. no, no old teammates. Like they were yeah. calling guys that he went to school with. No one heard of him, bro. That wow. was that is crazy. That's crazy. Jesus. Wow. To be wow. able to just drop off the face of the earth for a while, huh? Then he popped up like, I don't know, a month. JV was like, yeah, I talked to him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? What? So, so nonchalant. Yeah, we talked to him. We're good. <laughs> Guy's face is on a milk carton. It's <laughs> just like, okay. But he, I tell you what. He made he made it he helped me make the team probably with him not being there. Nope. <laughs> but I also and uh and this could be a, a point to add to uh that seventh receiver, six seventh receiver. The Saints somehow, some way kept me, and I think it was because they knew I was gonna be a great core teamer. Cause I don't I didn't play any defense early in my career. You know, I played a little bit. I didn't start in a couple games the end of my rookie year, but like in the beginning of the season, I didn't sniff the field on yeah, defense. Especially you know, me. and then they worked me in and I was hurt coming out of college. I was injured, you know, but they saw something in me. They saw something in me that showed them that I can be a reliable and valuable player on special teams. Yeah. Yep. That's why I, I put a little emphasis on who's going to be that guy because I'm the one that recovered the onside kick for the Saints that year. Yeah, despite what your your teammate in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like it's like <laughs> even me, the last guy on the roster that year, maybe I wasn't the last, second, the last, whatever it was. I made the biggest play mm -hmm. in the history of the of, of the Saints. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, one of the biggest sure. plays. Sure. One of the biggest plays. You know, and <laughs> you just never know where it's yeah. gonna come from. Yep. It could be on special teams. It could be on yep. offense. It could be on defense. It could be from a six-round pick, uh, yep. undrafted guy. Yeah, that's what's so important to get to build that culture and just have a whole bunch of good men playing great football on a consistent basis, bro. That's Ooh. what the Giants got, bro. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, man. Oh, it's so I'm so stoked. I go to practice for the first time next week. Or next what day? Week. What tomorrow. day? You tomorrow. Tomorrow. No, I don't know why I'm talking about next week. I'm so juiced. <laughs> I'm going tomorrow. Taking my son. I'm you going, going to tomorrow. Camp tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'll be there. I'll go just because you're going to go. Ah! Oh, look at that. Right. <laughs> look at that. That's I, hope, I hope everybody else is going down the training camp and having a good time. Uh, for Jonathan Casillas, I'm Ryan Darlington. Check out the Big Blue Report every single week. Wait, at you're Ryan Darlington or am I? Um, what did you say? I'm Ryan Darlington. <laughs> <laughs> am, I, 
are you? You said you were Ryan Darlington. That's, I said I'm the professor. Yeah. I said, well, I, no, I said that's Ryan Darlington. That's Sean is going to see us. I'm Ryan Darlington. You said I'm Ryan Darlington. I said, uh, you know your source. name. That's cool. I, said, I, I my name says it right there on the screen. I, I'm reading the names right it's off. It's right the there. Screen. Yeah. Sure. Yes. <laughs> That's Jonathan Casillas. That's Ryan Darlington. <laughs> I'm Randy Zellier from Back Sports Page. And, and we'll see you next time here on the Big Blue Report. <laughs> Woo!